Hello, boys and girls, and welcome to episode 175 of the Motorcycle Man Podcast and another interview for your listening pleasure. Hey, thanks for tuning in and listening to this show and, of course, listening to all the Motorcycle Man episodes. If you'd like to help the show out, you can go over to our website at MotorcycleMan.us and you can click that big old donate button if you'd like to help us out with a singular PayPal donation. Another way you can help us out is go give us some feedback on iTunes. Give us a rating. doesn't matter, good, bad, indifferent. It doesn't matter. And while you're at it, you can send us an email to motomenpc at gmail.com or you can go to our contact page on the website at MotorcycleMen.us and send us a note there. And we read all the emails and we will even comment on it during the show one time. All right. So the Motorcycle Man is brought to you by Surf and Summit Motorcycle, Maine and New Hampshire's newest motorcycle rental and tour company. They offer Harley-Davidson Big Twins and Suzuki V-Stroms for rent at reasonable prices. And they are happy to deliver your rental to wherever you are staying. Or you can check out the bikes over at Street Cycles of Falmouth, Maine. Surf and Summit also offers rental helmets, jackets, gloves, and GPS. So you'll have everything you need to enjoy great New England riding. And from the beautifully rugged coast of Maine to the amazing White Mountains of New Hampshire, Surf and Summit can help you have a fantastic motorcycle vacation. So for more information, visit surfandsummitmotorcycle.com. And while you're at it, don't forget to visit your local cycle gear for all your motorcycle needs from clothing, parts, and other stuff. Cycle Gear is your premier one-stop shopping location with 136 stores nationwide. And you're bound to find a store near you that help you find what you're looking for. And you can trust that you'll be receiving top-notch customer care and great pricing. And if you're in the New Jersey area, be sure to stop in at the Edison store and see Chainsaw Ginny or Sean... And tell them that the Motorcycle Men sent you. So go to CycleGear.com today. Where the best of motorcycle jeans is on one place you should be going, and that is Tobacco Motorwear Company. Dave and the guys over there make great motorcycle riding jeans that will outperform that radial pair you have been wearing and most other brands that are available. Not only do they perform well, but they are also the best-looking and most comfortable selvage jeans you will ever wear or own. And for further protection and style, get yourself the California riding shirt. Very comfortable, safe, and it looks absolutely stunning. I wear a pair of tobacco riding jeans, and both myself and Brother Chris, the Joker, wear the California riding shirt each time we go riding. They feel good, they look great, and they give us that extra protection and security when riding that we want from our gear. And then there's also their new McCoy riding jacket. Pre-orders are now being taken for this very attractive water-repellent waxed canvas jacket with armor. It has a flannel lining, underarm vents, and airflow sleeves, and that's the McCoy riding jacket. And as always, all tobacco motor gear is made here in the USA, so that's Tobacco Motorwear Company. Visit them at, well, TobaccoMotorwear.com and tell Dave and the crew that the Motorcycle Men sent you. Use that coupon code MOTORCYCLEMEN when ordering. The Motorcycle Men podcast is supporting David's Dream and Believe Cancer Foundation. The foundation was started by stage 4 cancer survivor David Calderella to help other families who are struggling through the personal, emotional, physical, and mental and financial struggles of the terrible disease of cancer. If you would like to help and be part of something special that actually makes a difference, donate today to David's Dream and Believe Cancer Foundation. Go to davidsdreamandbelieve.org to donate. Links will also be in the show notes and they are also on the website too. Now, 
Say you'd like to watch some racing, specifically dirt racing. More specifically, you'd like to watch flat track racing. Whether you attend or watch it on TV, then you think, you know, it would be cool to do that. But you really don't know how. Well, if you're like my guest, you found how to do it, and you did it, and you are doing it. My guest tonight is the creator of the My Motorbike Obsessions blog, where he talks about his obsession with motorcycles and flat track racing on the amateur level. Listen and learn, kids. And joining me now here in the V-Twin Cafe in the corner booth, you know, you never gave me your last name. Ward. Ward. All right. Where are you located? I am located in North County, uh, San Diego County, Oceanside, California. Okay, cool. This is Matt Ward from the um, My Motorcycle Obsession blog. Um, he's going to here to tell us about some dirt racing and flat tracking and stuff like that. Matt, how you doing? I'm great. How are you doing today? I'm hanging in there. Great. How's things? Good. Good. Keeping busy. Keeping uh, keeping sane. Good. And uh, been riding today? Not today. Today was uh, I was lazy and just jumped in the truck. Uh, but uh, <laughs> you're allowed. It's okay. Yeah, you know, it it is what it is. Uh, a long holiday weekend, and uh, I just yeah. Nah, I and, get. No, uh, I get it. I totally get it. So I tell you what, why don't you tell us a little bit about your motorcycle self and what you ride? Just skip the parts between your first beer and you know the diapers. Okay. Yeah, uh, started riding out in the deserts uh, when I was about 10 years old. Dad got us a little dirt bike and uh, grew to love motorcycling, uh, became an adult, uh, this, that, and the other thing, and then you know, skipped forward about 30 years until uh, about five years ago. I, um, my lovely wife, I, I, had a, I bought a bike that I was, I was restoring. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a 1973 Yamaha TX750, and if you Google that, everybody will tell you it's a, it was a rolling grenade. Um, <laughs> and despite that, I tried to restore it, and I got to the point where it was running, licensed, insured, and ready to get on the road after literally about six years of toting it all around the country in pieces and parts. Um, and I found out that I did not have anything more than first and second gear when I got oh. it on the road. So it's one of those things. I did all the. I I, I made that choice to, uh, to 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 trust the engine, and once I got it running, make it pretty, restore it that way, and then I'll just go from there. Um, I should have maybe done that the opposite way. <laughs> um, but my lovely wife said, "Just go out and buy a motorcycle." And and so I bought a uh, 2006. Suzuki V-Strom 650. Nice bike. Ah, it's, oh, it's a great bike to get back into. If you if you've been off a bike for a while, it's an awesome bike. So forgiving, so comfortable, so accessible, so cheap to own. Yeah. Um, I bought that, uh, and then that basically relaunched my motorcycle life, and and ultimately led me to doing the blog, getting into racing, and, and everything that I am now with wow. the, when it comes to motorcycles. So is that your current bike right now? No, I sold that one um, about two years ago. Uh, I sold it to a work buddy, and uh, he was getting into street riding. Uh, he was a, a, also a longtime dirt bike rider. He, 
uh, he grew up out in uh, the wilds of Idaho, lots of open space. So he did a lot of dirt riding and was right. looking to get into street. He wanted a nice computer or commuter, it's not computer. <laughs> Could be sometimes. And, uh, and uh, so I sold it to him and bought my current bike. And then actually it was about eight months ago I found out that he got in a really bad accident with Ooh. it. And I was able to see the pictures of it after it made uh, an unfortunate 65-mile-an-hour T-bone with the uh, with the SUV. Um, my buddy's good. He's okay. He uh, He's he's an old uh, old fat guy like me. And so he was wearing his full gear, the, the, all the same gear that I ride. Um, so mm-hmm. he was, he was okay and that's oh, good. good. So currently to get to the point of the question, I, uh, I ride a 2004 Yamaha FZ one. Um, that's my street ride. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, the other bike in the shed is a 2006 Honda CRF 450, uh, set up for flat track and supermoto racing. Nice. Wow. And I guess you have a lot of fun with that. I bet. <laughs> uh, the the CRF is awesome. Um, if you if you ever want the Swiss Army knife of motorcycles, uh, a CRF is great. You can, I mean, for one, it, the Hondas and they last forever in a day. Oh yeah, sure. Uh, and parts are are dirt cheap. Um, little changes over the course of their lifetime, but you know, even you get get one of the middle years. And you've got to run a part where everything fits from a, a, like a 2000 to a 2008, and it's all the parts are interchangeable. Oh, that's that's convenient. Oh, it's great. Uh, you can ride it in the dirt with the knobbies. Uh, you could uh, throw on some flat track tires and go flat tracking. You can throw on some supermoto wheels and go supermoto in. Um, you know, you can do all kinds of things with it. It's a it's a great little bike. Oh, cool. So your blog, my motorcycle obsession. How long have you been at that? And why don't you tell us a little bit about the blog and basically what you cover and what you uh, write about? Well, that's, that's you know, um, the, the name is in the title, My Motorbike Obsessions. I, uh, it was about three years ago. I'd been doing the riding, you know, riding my uh, V-Strom for a little while. And uh, basically, the people at work got tired of me talking about motorcycles with them. <laughs> And so the blog started as a way for me to carry on the conversation. Yeah, and it's kind of it. you know it's a one-way conversation. So you know I I, I, I speak out and, and you know forever I, I I've only gotten a few comments ever. Um, most of the fans of my blog are, are friends who've liked my Facebook page and follow along. But it was it was just that it was it's I'm obsessed with motorcycles. I'm obsessed with riding, and, and it was a way for me to just kind of get that out. Uh, in a healthy way so that my wife would uh, actually pay attention to me when I talked um, <laughs> and so that the people at work wouldn't be berated by me talking about motorcycles all the time. You know, and it was it was a way for me to do that. And so I, I've done that for about three years now. Um, I've, I've, I've averaged a little over one post a week, which, uh, you know, when you have a full-time and job. That works and, fine. And, yeah, a couple of kids and, and, a, yeah. and a life in between, it, it's pretty good there. So, What I find interesting about your blog is, and, and I've looked at a lot of blogs, uh, you, you cover an area not too many people cover, and that is the dirt racing aspect of it. So you got yourself as a self-proclaimed amateur racer wannabe. You want to jump yeah. into that a little bit? <laughs> yeah, so it was, uh, it was about... Um, it was about two years ago, two and a half years ago. Uh, 
just as part of the whole being obsessed with motorcycles, where I was living at the time, I, I've moved since then. Um, they had a they had a local racetrack, a local dirt track. Most of the year, it's uh, you know local little sprint car sprint car track, um, little uh, something like an eighth mile clay banked oval type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but half a dozen times a year, they uh, they race bikes out of there, and it's you know local fairgrounds. So you know five bucks to park, ten bucks to get in, fifteen dollar beers, and and there you go, you have a good time. Yeah. Um, and you're so close to the action that you know you got to kind of cover your beer when they come around the corner because otherwise you're going to get dirt in it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know this great you know hometown you know very American style dirt track racing. Right. And then after the races are over, you can go walk through the pits, and you know it, it's just uh, good old boys in their pickup trucks and their bikes coming out the race. And I, I kind of came home from that one day, and I shot a text to my buddy, and I said, "Hey, I want to go race. Let's go race. Let's do something." And, and he was very supportive, but uh, also having a, a wife, a career, and a couple little kids, he was uh, more of a cheerleader than a teammate. But that's okay. <laughs> it was enough. Uh, I started getting into the actual racing, and so that's where I, you know, being uh, that self-proclaimed amateur racer wannabe is. Uh, I want to be an amateur motorcycle racer. Oh, I I'm, see. Now yeah, you had you never know, you you had never raced prior to that, have you? No, never. I I you know just been to different uh, motorcycle events. Uh, never really to racing. This was the first time I'd ever really been to some motorcycle racing. Um, but just seeing it and, and hearing it and you know feeling it, uh, I just I just wanted to start. I wanted to do something yeah. with motorcycle racing, and so I I kind of sat down and um, you know being a, a bit of a nerdy engineer type, I, I sat down, kind of formed a, a five year plan, and uh, actually this summer I was able to actually make that plan come true, and I entered my first couple of flat track races at a local flat track. Club. Oh wow, awesome! And how did that work out? Oh, it was great. I, I hit every goal that I set for myself in my very first race, which was don't crash, don't get lapped. Um, okay. So did, did you that, have that don't happened. die on there at all? That was kind of implied with the don't crash. <laughs> um, you know, I was the only guy out there with uh, with full leathers, uh, full, you know, basically MotoGP style leathers and uh, an airbag vest attached to my bike. Um, uh you know, but my whole family was there. My wife and kids were there rooting me on. My brother and uh, his wife and uh, my niece and nephew were there. I had a good work buddy who was also there. So I had a whole cheering section. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I lined up on the starting line. I took the light. I made all the laps. I didn't get lapped and I didn't crash. And I, I did my first race. So, oh, good. Uh, now, can, can, do you, can I ask you how you finished? Oh, dead last. Oh, okay. Well, hey. Dead last. Uh, you know, but but I, I look at it this way. I had the best seat in the house when it came to watching that particular race yeah. because I was right there 50 feet behind everybody. So, <laughs> so. We, from that, would you say that, oh, so this is what I'm doing wrong or this is what I should be doing? Did you, I guess it was a great learning experience for you then. Oh, it was awesome learning experience. Just, just, uh, just going, from, um, going from never having – raced a motorcycle never having done any flat track specific riding until earlier this year uh that that first race was july february is when i bought the uh the flat track bike and so you know not having ever been around a dirt oval 
to getting out in a few months and actually lining up with other guys um, and, and some very fast guys, you know, yeah. uh, lining up and, and I, you know, just kind of putting myself on the line, literally putting myself on that starting line and getting around there. It was just a rewarding experience and it really sunk the bug in that I, I want to get out and do this yeah. some more. Um, I entered the races the next month. Uh, I actually did worse than the races before because that time I did get lapped, but I didn't fall Ooh, down. So that's no, still good. That's good. You're staying upright. That's important. That's, that's, you know, uh, when, when you're hucking a motorcycle uh, sideways around the corner with a pack of other guys, not, not going down is not a given. Type yeah, okay, thing. yeah. Now, so, your, your first race, you did that on what bike? I did that on the, uh, the CRF 450, the, okay. the flat track. Now, how many races did you do with that bike? Uh, so far, I've entered into two events, uh, and I did uh, basically three, three races. Okay. Um, now, when you when you lined up with that bike, did you were you next to all these other guys? Did you realize at that point I'm on I'm completely on an inappropriate motorcycle for this event? Uh well, th- with that with that, with those races, um, everybody else was on the same type of bike. Okay, you know, uh, right. yeah the, the the CRF is a uh, what they call a DTX bike, a dirt tracker. Okay, so those are like the AFT singles bikes. Um, a 450 single dirt bike that's been converted to a flat track bike. All right. Now your um, current bike, you said you you finally got a proper uh, dirt track bike, flat track bike. And what exactly yeah, is that? What's that? That's the CRF. The CRF, CRF is a proper dirt track bike. Okay. And you've got it all set up for a flat track race. Oh yeah, yeah. It actually was a uh, one of the guys that races in the club racing that I race with. Uh, it was his old race bike. Uh, he upgraded to a more current version. Mm-hmm. Um, I bought it from the builder who builds those bikes. Um, it's a, a local guy named Jim Wood. He um, He's kind of the local guru when it comes to setting up these Honda 450s for flat track racing. And he's actually set up a lot of pro bikes as well. Um, so I bought it from him, you know, pre-set up, ready to go as a, as a bike with the suspension set up for my, my weight, um, the engine tuned to the fact that I'm a beginner and not uh not a pro so yeah wow so uh, what, what, kind of, what kind of speeds are you guys doing on those races so we race what's called short track yeah uh short track is you know you're talking you're typically something around the uh eighth of a mile to about a fifth of a mile mm-hmm. um me i'm getting up to maybe 35 40 miles an hour really you it know, seems like you're going so much faster than that and, and when you're out there, it really does seem like you're going much faster, especially when you've got a lot of other guys around you. Uh, the, the pros, um, the guys that are in the really fast pro classes, those guys are, are probably hitting 55, 60 at some times. Um, but with the short track, you really are. Um, it, it's a lot of single gear. You know, a lot of guys will either start in first gear or second gear, depending on how they have their gearing set up, what their right. preferences are, and how the track surface is. Um, so, yeah, you're not you're not you're not doing the uh, what the what the AFT pros do in in the the twins class on the miles. Well, you know those guys are hitting like 130 down the straights. And, wow! And entering into the corners at 100 miles an hour, you know, crossed up sideways, feet on the pegs, drifting a bike wow. around a corner. That's... We're not getting that that style or that speed uh, with the short tracks. Um, but I tell you, um, I've I've done. Uh, I've done asphalt road track track days mm-hmm. on a bike. 
and, and you're talking about a you know a two and a quarter mile track where you hit a hundred miles an hour at the end of the straights and stuff like that, and you're talking you know like a minute and a half lap time compared to the dirt track, the short tracks that I'm doing where you're talking about 35, 40 miles an hour and a 19 second lap time. I tell you, the adrenaline level is exactly the same. Really? Um, oh wow! It's it's yeah it, it's 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 everything about road racing. It's everything about the, the that thrill of speed and competition distilled down to this tiny little bite-sized nugget. Yeah. Um, wow. And that's this one of the reasons why I kind of I, I, I moved from trying to get into racing on the road tracks. I, I shifted over to flat track. Okay. Now, as far as it goes with flat track, you have flat track racing, and then you have the hooligan racing. I mean, what? Explain to me what the difference is, and do you have a preference? So, uh, hooligan racing is flat track racing. The main difference with hooligan racing is is that these guys are racing what should be street bikes. Okay. Um, and I've literally seen a. I saw a guy at my last race. Um, he literally drove up to the event on his bike with a large backpack, paid his gate fee, um, parked the bike and pulled out wrenches and took off his license plate, his turn signals, uh, threw on a number plate, the whole thing, and was racing in hooligan, in the hooligan class of the race. Wow. Okay. So the, the, there, uh, you know, hooligan racing kind of started like, um, I, I think it, it started out here in California. Um, it was, more of kind of a, a thing for fun. There's a local speedway track called uh, Costa Mesa, Costa Mesa Speedway, where they do the speedway racing. Right. And they would do a thing where they had uh, Harley nights once a month. Mm-hmm. And that was, it was kind of a joke. You know, they would just have all the guys who drove up on their, on their big, their big bikes, their big twins. They would let them out kind of at the halftime mark to let them spin around the track. And, and usually with, with, what can be the expected amount of carnage, you know, Um, (laughs) I think I've seen videos like that. Yeah. You know, guys, you know, they're, they're wearing their half helmets and they're sleeveless and they've got their leather vests and their ape hangers and their big bike. And they're all out there lined up and the flag drops and they just rip and roar. And ultimately somebody tumbles, somebody spins out, throws their hands up in the air, like a rodeo rider. And, you know, (laughs) everybody has a good time. And I think it started like that. And then it kind of started getting itself, Little by little, narrowed down to guys actually preparing bikes for this type of class. Yeah. So the heart of it is, it's the everyman street bike Harley rider coming out to race. Well, it's um, not just Harleys; it could be any kind of street bike, essentially. It could be any kind of street bike. Generally, what we when we say hooligan, they they mean a 750 cc twin cylinder uh, street bike that is still street legalable we'll say that not right. most of them are, are you know they've had all the stuff stripped off but you know you should be able to put it back to street use pretty quickly right. uh no work on the main frame so you can do all the suspension you want but you can't you know cut the uh cut the neck tube and and, and give it a different angle or right. anything like that um you could mess with the subframe if you want uh, but that's the heart of it is it it's a it's the every man's um you know twin cylinder 750 cc bike and, and what makes it so much fun is you know they're big bikes yeah uh, my my crf i think on uh, you know it, on a really bad day 
it probably weighs 260, 270 wow. pounds. That's really like light. That. Oh, my God. Very light. You know, a single-cylinder 450cc engine, maybe pushing 50, 55 horsepower. Um, so not, you know, not big numbers, but, but it, you know, it's so dialed into what it is that, it, that you can get really good speeds with it. And, you know, and so then you're talking about these, these hooligan guys who are coming out. They're riding 500-pound, you know, 550-pound <laughs> street bikes. Um, wow. Yeah. So that's kind of the heart of it. You know, yeah. it's, it's every man race class. You don't have to have a dedicated track bike to be a hooligan racer. Do you have any, um, uh, any, uh, any, do you have an attraction to that? Is that like appeal oh, to you? Is, is, oh yeah, I love watching. I actually, I just uh, the other day, uh, it was a couple of weeks ago. I went to, uh, I went to the track to watch um, some hooligans race. Um, the uh, the local track that I race at, um, it's kind of split double duty between the flat track club that I that I race with and speedway racers. All right. And when the speedway racers go, they also invite. Uh, guys to come out and do hooligan racing um, because it's such a you know it's such a fun thing to watch and, and I love watching the hooligans come out uh, you know those guys are fearless uh, when you see a little tiny eighth mile you know sixth mile track and there's 12 hooligans lined up on 500 pound v twins out there just Oh man, those guys go for it, and and I love that attitude. I I am scared to death of actually doing it myself, but I also feel like I want to try it. Oh, I was days. I was just going to ask you: Do you have any a desire to do that? I mean, because it seems I, like it would be pretty cool. I'd love to give it a try. I mean, uh, right now, you know, the the way life is, I, I I'm I'm a two bike stable, um, and and I already have I have a flat tracker, I have a street bike, so. Uh, I'm not going to be uh, picking up a third bike anytime soon, um, but you know it's it's one of those things where one of these days, yes, I'd love to I'd love to try my hand at riding a uh, riding a hooligan style bike around the dirt track. Now you're, you to, had mentioned yeah. that uh, they restrict it to 750 cc's. And that, well, it's got to start at seven. It's got to start at 750. Now is that the same for the dirt track, the flat track? Is it the same thing? No, that's the, and that's the really good thing about your local kind of flat track club or local flat track is there is a class for every bike. Oh, out. there you go. That's perfect. I have see, literally seen for the club racing that I do uh, with the flat track, there's literally everything out there. Um, mm -hmm. You know, uh, what I race is, you know, a converted dirt bike. Those are really popular because they're cheap, they're easy, uh, and they're bulletproof. Um, but there is literally a class for every type of bike out there that you could imagine. Oh, wow. Do you think that there is enough flat track hooligan racing or racetracks available out there? If you are in Southern California, uh, California in general, I would say, yeah, there's, there's a good amount of racing that can be done. Um, and then in some select pockets around the country – there is um some of the hooligan guys might kind of uh might might some of the hooligan guys from the east coast might might disagree with me yeah on on the amount of uh hooligan style racing available but i mean if you look around you see there's a lot of indoor stuff up in portland or or milwaukee um that you know doing the indoor flat tracking um a lot a lot of stuff out there um A lot of stuff out there for yeah. uh, uh, for for people 
uh, to do stuff on the indoor side. Yeah. Uh, but maybe, you know, there's, there's some parts of the country where maybe the hooligan stuff isn't so accessible. Um, I think the flat track is out there. Uh, right. But like anything else, like anything else, um, you know, uh, racing in general is is uh, racing in general has has issues with tracks closing down because yeah. of enough use. And so um, it's hard to say if there's enough racing out there. I, I would say no, there's not enough in general just because I want to be able to move anywhere in the United States and be within an hour's drive of a track. Oh, sure. Um, but um because I know here yeah. in the Northeast, and so, you know, in New Jersey, we, there's there's really only two places that I can think off the, off the top of my head that will have uh, some racing like that. Not necessarily flat track. Uh, there isn't even any indoor stuff going on around here, to my knowledge. But uh, I mean, I can't I can't imagine how the indoor stuff might compare to the regular outdoor uh, flat track. It must be totally different. From what I hear, it is. It's it's its own unique kind of thing. Um, you know, you're talking about uh, indoor stadiums mm-hmm. that are uh, you know polished concrete floors where they got to go through and they use a, a bug sprayer to spray uh, Coke syrup or Dr Pepper syrup on the on the floor to give them traction. Um, you know, much tinier types of tracks than than the dirt tracks. But um, so yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of differences. Not having done any of that, but wanting to try some of that one of these days. Uh, I would love to do an indoor thing. Um, there's differences, but it's it's all the same type of feeling, right? Yeah. You, you get out there, you you get your you're totally not built for this type of motorcycle, and you you turn you know go left and turn fast. All right, no, go Give fast, me... turn left. Sorry. <laughs> Give me the anatomy of a flat track race. That is arriving at the track you know everything from whatever you have to do to go and races over what happens you know for me uh my race starts on a monday right the races might be saturday but the race starts on monday and on mondays i'm going to be um you know checking the bike over doing a nut and bolt front to back you know i I pull out my service manual a torque wrench and my selection of uh my selection of sockets and I just go through to make sure nothing is going to fall off at the race. Yeah. Uh, I pack my bags, I get everything ready. Um, usually on race day, I get there, usually get there three or four hours before the races actually start to do loadout. Wow. Load in, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, so you, you're, you're pulling the bike off the truck, setting up an easy up, you know, double checking that you have everything. Um, at some point in time after you set up, they'll have a rider's meeting where they just make sure you know that everybody's on the same page. Hey, mm-hmm. this is what the this is what the flags mean. This is the format. This is how we're going to run the night. Any special information, that kind of thing. Uh, sometime after after the riders meeting, they do uh, practice sessions um, at the club I race. Uh, they you go through tech. They double check your bike. They they tell you what practice session you're going to be in, and then when they start practice, you line up. And, uh, shoot basically they have kind of lanes set up outside the track and uh for practice they just they wave you on and you and you know a dozen other guys are just out there ripping laps around the track just trying to get a feel for the track surface you know what is it like today and that's the great thing about flat track is uh you know i might be so in july i raced it's southern california it's a desert it was 105 degrees during the daytime so we started practice and it was 105 degrees and it was windy and not a cloud in the sky. And they had dumped, you know, uh, 
a half a water truck worth of water on the track just Ooh. to keep some moisture in it. Um, and so it was, it was, it was grippy, uh, but you could tell it was, it was going off. It was getting slidey. Um, and then later on the night, the sun goes down, they, they dump some more water on it. The moisture stays. Now suddenly the track gets faster at night. Um, so you gotta, you know, that, that's the great thing about flat track is it's never the same, you know, no two laps can, are the same sometimes. Um, but you do your practice, you know, you get a feel for the track. Generally, the, uh, there, there's not a lot to do. There's not a lot of practice. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't get hours to practice. You might get one or two practice sessions just right. to get a feel for it. You head back to the pits. You make any setup changes you want to set up, and then they start the racing. Um, again, the great thing about this club racing is they have a class for everybody. Um, you know, from, from the little six-year-old, four-year-olds out there on little PW50s, um, <laughs> that are so small that their dad are blind because the kid can't reach the ground and operate the controls right, wow. at the same time, you know, and, and, and literally the laps take, you know, take a minute and a half for this little 50 CC bike to get around the lap. Um, and then they just start marching through the different classes. Uh, generally you'll have at least one heat race, which sets the order for the main, right? So however okay. you finish in the heat, they will then um, order you that way in the in the main, mm-hmm. and the the starting order of the heat is based on who signed up first. You know, who, oh, wow, really? Yeah. That's so if you get there and you turn in your paperwork first, you get first starting spot. Oh, all right. That's, then, that's pretty cool. Uh, go ahead. No, go on. Go ahead. Go ahead. Continue. Yeah. So then uh, you know, so you you go through and, and they they race all of the classes in the heats. Um, then they take a quick little intermission, do some track prep. And then they start the mains, and then you you line up on the mains. Uh, the mains will be ordered uh, how you finished in the heats, and you go race, and and you have a good time doing it. Uh, generally, with the club racing, people, your bike, the the classes are based on the bike, the age of the rider, and the skill level of the rider. Mm-hmm. So between any of those three different classification methods, you can. You yourself and or your bikes can be eligible for multiple classes of racing. Oh, wow. Um, okay. So at my first race, I just raced one class. Uh, it was the uh, Veteran 35 Plus. No, sorry. It was the Open Beginner class, which is I, I've been told was kind of a carnage class because it's <laughs> anybody who, because beginner is up to you to decide whether or not you are a beginner. Um, and yeah. so some people might sandbag a little bit and say, I'm a beginner, you know, finger quotes, I'm a beginner and come in and just sweep the field. Um, whereas guys like me, it was literally my first race ever. And I was a beginner. Um, and then the, the next, the next race, a month later, I raced in the open beginner class again, mm-hmm. as well as the veteran 35 plus novice class. Um, and then that class only had two riders in it. So they combined us with the veteran 35 plus amateur class. So that made a full field of six guys out on the track. Um, and they just started, uh, the novice guys on the bat on the second row. Right. How, how big is the field? Usually I've seen some of the classes I've seen, um, go, uh, eight, eight people deep sometimes. Um, and I've wow. seen others where, where the race is just two people. Um, no and it, it's yeah, because it's it's club racing, you know. It's whoever can show up on that Saturday night, right. based on what they got going on with life. I um, understand. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, what do you think the main challenge is for somebody who wants to get into flat track or the hooligan racing? What do you think that the toughest part of that whole thing is? 
Well, for me, it was where do you get started? Um, you know, a lot of a lot of people have dirt bikes, and you can go right around in the dirt. Um, but it, that's not flat track racing, right? Yeah. That's not that's not flat tracking. Flat tracking is its own specific skill set. And so, actually, I, I reached out to um, I reached out to another podcast, and I, I asked those guys, "Hey, you know, how does one get started?" You know, kind of the theoretical question. Because if you want to start road racing, if you have a track near your house, anywhere you know, half a day's drive within your house. Somebody will be doing track days there. Yeah, more than so likely. it's pretty easy that yeah. So you you just you, you pay for a track day. You go out do a bunch of track days. That will get you kind of into the community. From there, you will learn about amateur race series in your in your region. Um, there's a whole magazine dedicated to it, right? Road mm-hmm. Racing World. Yeah. Uh, magazine. You can open that. You can see race series. You can see tracks, track days, the whole shebang. So mm-hmm. if you want to start road racing motorcycles. It's easy as long as you have a bike and a track. Um, same thing with motocross, right? It, it, you know, motocross, it, you got a dirt bike, you have a, a track nearby, there's going to be some racing. But flat track being so specific, needing that dirt oval, it needs to be prepped. Um, what I found was there wasn't many places that you can go to just get into flat track racing um, and I am lucky here in that here in Southern California, we're, we're blessed with a lot of asphalt tracks. We're blessed with a lot of outdoor asphalt go-kart tracks. We're also blessed with a lot of motocross parks. No. And one no. of the local motocross parks actually has a practice flat track. So you Oh, can that's awesome. Lo- yeah, and that, that's, that's how I got into it. It was because there actually was a track that I could go to where I didn't have to enter a race to flat track for the first time. Oh, there you go. I could... I drive to the track. I pay my pay my entrance fee. I set up and I go rate. And it's just like going like like a kid going to a skate park. You just show up. You skate when you want. You get out. Same thing. I go. I set up. I turn as many laps or as few laps as I want. And there I go. I'm flat tracking. Oh, there you go. Uh, yeah, I actually did you know a, a dozen a dozen days at that motocross park on their flat track before I you know kind of got the gumption enough up to enter my first race. Oh, there you go. What, what type of bikes do you see out there? What oh, manufacturers? Every, every, yeah, every type of bike. Um, for for the for the regular flat track racing, uh, a lot of a lot of converted dirt bikes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it it I say it, it's funny. It kind of it kind of the the rider and the bike are usually of the same vintage. <laughs> right? Yeah, right. so you know. <laughs> You, you you won't see a twenty year old racing a racing a thirty five year old Yamaha single cylinder, um, <laughs> and you won't really see too many gray hairs racing a DTX bike. Though there are some, and I actually know a couple of guys who who yeah. race the modern style of bikes and do a really good job of riding them. Um, and then the hooligan bikes, mostly you're going to see a Sportster is what it is. Ninety percent of the time, ninety five percent of the time. You're going to be you're going to be seeing sportsters out there that have been converted over to race flat track, um, but slowly but surely you're seeing other types of twin cylinder 750 cc above street bikes yeah. um, coming out on the track. Um, <laughs> now you, you mentioned sportsters. You, the, it seems that the the hooligan riders and, and are really they've taken to the sportster and using those a lot. Why do you think that is? Um. Accessibility, right? Um, just you know, just pull up a Craigslist for your area, 
and type in Harley Sportster, and, and you'll see uh, every every available bike from a you know a, a twelve thousand dollar full custom Sportster to uh, you know a cast off project. Yeah. That's um, you know that's. You'll find, you know, uh, uh, somebody's somebody's project that they uh, that they just, you know, oh, I, I, you know, the carbs need cleaned. I don't know what to do, and it's, you know, fifteen hundred, two thousand dollars. I yeah. think that's, um, and then, you know, just so the the Sportster, uh, you know, the Sportster and how it, you know, really looks, mm-hmm. uh, looks like the old XR seven fifties and and Harley, and the fact that a, you know, flat track racing is 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 pure American style racing, right? Um, that that just makes the whole riding a hooligan sportster makes it makes it what it is um but you know little by little seeing seeing the other bikes that are coming out um i went to i went to a race a hooligan race to watch with the family uh, a couple of months ago and i saw obviously sportsters but then i saw indian scouts out there so it was a good number of indian scouts Uh, there was also a ducati scrambler Heck, one guy even rode in on a Ducati uh, Multistrada. Was out there flat tracking with this Ducati Multistrada, the craziest thing ever. Uh, there was a guy, a couple of guys out there on Yamaha Bolts, um, also Yamaha SCR 950s, the kind of scrambler bolt. Yeah. Uh, a couple of Triumph Bonnevilles. Oh, that I could um, see. Yeah. Yeah. So you know the that that's what that's what I think for specifically for the hooligan stuff is cool is is that you got a two cylinder street bike. Heck, man, you know rock up to a flat track and, and rock up to a hooligan night and give it a go, you know? Yeah. Um, make sure you wear, wear good, uh, good armor. Cause you're probably gonna, you're probably gonna eat it, but, uh, <laughs> you know, give it a go. Now these races are doing four and six laps. Why not? Why not more? Usually it's time. Um, oh, most yeah? of the flat tracks that are still left are, you know, they're in, they're in residential areas nowadays. Um, maybe at one time they were, you know, they were way out in the sticks. Um, uh, but then little by little with the way urban sprawl happens, now they're right next to neighbors. And yeah. so, you know, they got to get the pass from the city to be able to, um, to be able to, to, to race. And, uh, usually there's a hard time limit. Most of these places have a hard time limit when they have to stop. No kidding. And, uh, yeah. And so they, you know, and because like I said, they have a class for everybody out there. You know, you might have 35, 36 heat races just to be able to then go back, take a break, and do another 36 mains. Right. Um, so this is so, going on all day long. Yeah, we'll, we'll start get tired practice at 2.30. Uh, racing will start at 4.30 or 5, and it'll go until 10 o'clock. And usually 10 o'clock is kind of the, uh, the city-defined yeah. limit for when you have to stop. Why don't they start um, earlier? That's a good question. Actually, the, the local club race, they, uh, I, I, you know, kind of the, it's a club. And yeah. so people voice their opinions to the people who organize it. And so they did. They actually, um, they cut practice down to one practice session instead of two. They started the races earlier. Um, they, they combined classes whenever it made sense to combine classes. And then they bumped up the races from um, six laps to eight for the heats Mm -hmm. and then 10 laps for the main and then they actually uh made a 20 lap for the pro because there's a there was a pro class they actually made a 20 lap pro race 
um, because because they condensed it enough that they had time. And I'll yeah. tell you what, watching that 20-lap pro race was awesome because those wow. guys really, you know, usually they're out there and they're just, you know, throttle to the stops and going for it because it's a it's a six-lap or four-lap race. Yeah. But watching them do 20, they actually had to, they started off like that and, you know, throttle to the stops, just going for it. And then they kind of had to settle in and play a little more, uh, play a little more chess. Yeah. You know, so That's, it, it sounds, really, sounds very exciting like that. What about the, what about some tarmac racing or is dirt more fun? One of these days I'm going to try it. Um, you know, there's, there's a, there's a local uh, track. I'll, I'll call it local. It's, it's about a three hour drive from here. It's a uh, Chuck Walla Valley raceway. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a great track. They have a great race organization. Um, there's tons of track days out there and that's actually before I bought my flat tracker, I was, I was doing track days out at that track. Um, and I was I was doing it with the intention of getting my race license and starting to race there, mm-hmm. um, but then you know the economics of it got to be a little bit tough. Uh, it, it's a lot more expensive to race on the tarmac than it is on the dirt. Okay. Uh, uh, for me, for a guy like me, I can make a set of tires. I mean, the tires that I have on my flat tracker are really old, but they're still good for me. Yeah. Uh, whereas if I was out doing the tarmac racing on on the asphalt. You know, you're going to go through several sets of tires every season. Wow. Uh, Transportation, lodging, the whole deal becomes a deal. Um, Whereas, you know, now the track I race at, it's an hour's drive from my house. It's, it's, you know, I leave at 11 in the afternoon and I come home at 11 at night versus leaving at 4 in the morning and coming home at 10 at night. Yeah. Drive out to the track. Nice. Um, You know, and I don't even use a full tank of gas. For me or the bike, yeah. Uh, so, wow. Uh, one of these days, yes, just not right now. No, I get it. Now, what are your your entrance fees versus prize money? Is it is it worth it? So, most of what most of what we do out here, there's no prize money. You know, okay. uh, the club racing. You're, if you do podium. You're getting a plastic trophy. Yeah, you know? it's bragging rights then, right? It's bragging rights. It, it's all just for the fun and thrill mm-hmm. of competition. Um, there is some contingency money out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's. I think there's a lot more, and you can't quote me on this since I'm not. I don't know for sure. I think there's a lot more on the asphalt racing side. Um, yeah. You know, um, and, and a lot of guys do do that. They they go out there and they they you know I, I think the common term is bounty hunters. Um, <laughs> they go out there and they race for contingency money. Um, they they may not make any money through the club itself. They make money by the companies that you know the tire company, the motorcycle manufacturer, who offer contingency money. You know, if you do well, um, there is some of that in in the amateur flat track. Um, uh-huh. Um, you know, I know a few guys that are sponsored. Um, oh, that helps. You know, most, yeah, and so most most of the time it's you know product sponsored. Um, right. You know, and, which helps, right? Yeah, sure. You know, if, if you need to, if you're if you're a um, you know a, a hot hot shoe uh, on the flat track side, and you're going through two or three sets of tires, uh, two or three sets of tires a season, and you get those tires for free, that that's you know that, that's that's big. Yeah, it's that's big, huge. You know, um, what are the most, what are, well? What are the entrance fees for a particular for any typical race? For for my flat track race, usually it's uh, it, it's fifty bucks for your first class, forty bucks for the next any class after that. Oh, so okay. if I'm racing two classes, it's ninety bucks for the night, 
Um, but on that 90 bucks, you know, I'll be able to go out and have a whole uh, – I'll be able to get, uh, you know, a couple of practice sessions, a couple of heat races, a couple of mains. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll, I'll get a, a nice a nice set of laps around the track and, and all the fun and thrill of competition for 90 bucks. And like I said, I, I won't even use a full tank of gas for my truck, and I won't use a full tank of gas on the bike. Oh, okay. Um, Do they throw you and, any perks like lunch or anything like that? No. <laughs> um, Damn yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, uh, you know, you're for, for my local club, you're peeing in a porta potty and you bring your own shade. So uh, um, it's, you know, but it's all, it's grassroots. Oh, and yeah, it's, yeah. It's the, yeah. Uh, you know, it, it really is the heart of America. You know, yeah. it's working class families out there having a, having a ball. Um, and, and there's, there's something to be said about lining up with other guys, gals. I, I got to keep this, uh, you know, keep this gender friendly because there's, there's a lot of fast, fast ladies out there, um, in the club. Wow. Um, that's pretty cool. Yeah, no, it's, it's awesome. You know, when, when you, you see a couple of people, a couple of riders battling it out and, and, you know, one of those riders that turns out to have, you know, a, 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 a ponytail hanging out the helmet there. Um, and you never know. You know, you never know yeah. who's got the ponytails, the guy or the girl. But, uh, uh, you know, it's it's great to, just because, you know, once once the helmets go on and once you're on the track, it, it's all about racing. It's just it's another person about, in a motorcycle. Yeah, That's it. Another person. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and these and the people that you're out there, you have to trust somebody yeah. um, to, to go out there, you know, especially with the dirt track. When, when you got six people all trying to charge into the corner to be first in the corner mm-hmm. on, on a traction compromised surface. You have to trust the other riders out there, and uh, being in that type of environment where you have to trust strangers, um, it's just you know it, it's I don't know it's I, I could get really philosophical on this and you know talk about you know the brotherly love and all this stuff, but really <laughs> it, it, it's just so much fun. Oh yeah, it's so much fun, and it's it's a great time to just hang out in the pits and talk to your neighbors, uh, you know, and have a cold one afterwards and just. And, and go bench racing all over again. Oh, sure. You must be pretty well toasted by the end of the day, though. It's a it's a it's a good day's work. I'll tell you what. I usually sleep pretty well when I get back from the track, uh, yeah. even if it's just a practice day. You, you know, probably have um, like six pounds of dirt coming off you too, huh? Oh yeah, yeah. You know, you're you're coated head to toe in dirt. The bike's filthy. Your clothes are filthy. Uh, your kids say you stink. And, uh, <laughs> you know, because they say, hey, daddy, give me a hug. And, oh, daddy's stinky. It's like, hey, you know, it is what it is. Uh, take take me or leave me. That's what, that's, that's what you get, you know. Yeah. So I'm, how, here to, I'm here. So how can people learn more about your blog, follow you, and all that stuff? So they can go to the actual blog. It's uh, all one word, mymotorbikeobsessions.blogspot.com. Um, I'm cheap, so it's a free blog. Yeah. Uh, you can also look at the social medias. Uh, I've got Facebook, My Motorbike Obsessions, uh, Twitter, Motorbike Obsessed, uh, Instagram, My Motorbike Obsessions. Um, but if you go to the blog, I have a contact page. You can uh, read the blog articles. You can follow mm-hmm. me on social media. Um, I'd really like people to, to just let me know how I am, how I'm doing with the blog. You know, like I said, most of the people that have let me know how I'm doing a blog are close friends. And so, uh, I, I like hearing that feedback, but, um, I really knew I kind of turned a corner when I started to see people liking my Facebook page who I had no connection to. Well, that's um, good. That's, yeah. So they say, Hey, I'm starting to reach, I'm starting to reach somebody in the middle of America I've never met. Well, good. And, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to, uh, have the links to your 
blog on uh, the, uh, the website for the podcast. And I will direct everybody to go there. I'll also uh, put a link on my blog to get to yours as well. well anything new coming up for the blog? You got any uh, great articles coming up that people should be aware of? And you got a lot of great stuff in there right now, but what's new coming up? Uh, I'm going to be doing um, some parts change out. I got some new handlebars, which is actually a really good story. Um, and and it'll, it'll be a testament to the nature of the good people you ride with. Um, so simple set of handlebars, but uh, it'll be kind of a, you know, a brotherly love story there. Um, I've also got to rebuild the water pump on the CRF because, uh, unfortunately, I'm starting to leak there. So the, the CRF is kind of sidelined for a little while until mm-hmm. uh, I can do that. Um, you know, holidays coming up and sure. uh, got some kids to feed. And, 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 and eventually <laughs> I'm going to have to get a get some boxes, some pretty boxes under a Christmas tree here. So um, daddy's uh, daddy's toys get to wait for a little bit. Understood. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Any last comments or advice to riders who might, might want to give this a try? You know what? Just go out and do it. it. It doesn't matter what type of riding you like to do. If you're just a canyon carver, if you're just a, you know, if you're just a guy who wants to throw your feet on some forward controls and and, and ride down the street because you know, because you watched, uh, you know, you watched a, a movie and you and you thought it was great, uh, motocross, flat track, road racing, whatever just go do it uh life is so much better on the back of a motorcycle when you're on two wheels rolling down the road um everything else has a way of disappearing once you get on on a bike um and uh if you got an interest in racing you know head over to the blog and 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 follow along as i as i go from a guy who had an idea eventually turned it into a reality um, and you see some of my missteps, you see some of my misadventures and just know that I'm just a regular dude like everybody else and, uh, give it a try. Excellent. Well, Matt, I want to thank you very much for joining me here on the podcast. I'll make sure that I get all your links on our website so people can follow you and you, everybody should, if you don't, you're stupid. So anyway, but Matt, thank you very much for joining me here on the podcast and telling us all about flat track and racing out there. Great. Thanks a lot, Ted. Thanks for having me on. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks for joining me and Matt here on episode 175, where we talked about his obsession with motorcycles and his trip into flat track racing, as well as his blog, My Motorcycle Obsessions, My Motorbike Obsessions, I'm sorry. To learn more, go to mymotorbikeobsessions.blogspot.com to learn more. Links will be in the show notes and on the Motorcycle Man website, uh, which is at motorcycleman.us. Don't forget to check out our fellow podcasters, YouTubers, bloggers, and vloggers out there whose links you will find on our links page. All of these media outlets and many more out there do great things to promote and encourage our sport and our passion. So, from Tim Buck 2, Chris the Joker, Justin Shoes, and me, Ted Wrongway, your host, thanks for listening to the Motorcycle Men podcast, where we say stupid crap so you don't have to. Enjoy your ride, kids. <laughs>